0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss. My name, of course, is Seth Bedoff. I'm sitting here in the car after the New Mexico United Phoenix Rising match with Jacob Terrell and Earl Nieto. Guys, New Mexico United blanks a depleted Phoenix Rising by a final score of 7 0. What are your initial reactions to the match tonight?
1: I think the first half, I was happy. Objection. Um, Here's um, objection. Here's. <laughs> no, you got to sing it if you're going to do it. Um, the second half felt a little dirty. They they made a lot of subs and brought in. Their whole bench was was uh, Academy players aside from Kalistri, and I don't think he came in. No. So all the subs they made were Academy players, including the whole front line of theirs, came out at one point, and it was Academy players. But um, at the end of the day, it counts. So it's going to help our, our goal differential. It's obviously three points that we... We needed, but I, I would have felt better if it was against a, a full, Phoenix Rising team. But in the age of COVID, shit happens, and people get put in bad predicaments, and it, it sucked for Phoenix and and a little bit for us. But I'll take the three points, and and it was aside from all that, Nava, Nava finding the back of the net was was worth it all, honestly.
0: Earl, what are your thoughts? Obviously, there was a lot going on on social media about the the scheduling of this match, and then, you know, after the original Saturday date was postponed, a lot of people not happy about it happening tonight. But obviously, you know, given the situation, like Jacob mentioned, COVID, and the way everything's been happening around the league and how they've handled stuff, I mean, do you think that some of the some of the hate is justified? And how do you feel about the result?
1: Don't get fired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I I don't think any of the hate is justified. Um, so obviously, everyone who is a United fan and follower know that United had to be on the road for 2020, and had to make their schedule around different teams and different predicaments. Whether a team caught COVID while United was already at at that city, or they caught COVID while United's on the flight out there, or whatever the case would have been, um, United had to adjust to that. So. My my comment for Phoenix is welcome to the club. I'm glad that you had to adjust because we also had to adjust. Um, is it our fault that you that your players had to quarantine? No, I mean that's CDC guidelines. It, it's COVID protocol. Um, you your coach said in in your presser with your with your guys's media we follow protocol. Well, you're following protocol, so. Welcome to the league of trying to field the best possible team. Um, And to my answer to how I feel about the match, I'm happy about it. I mean, it couldn't have come to a better, come at a better moment. Especially knowing that we needed three points. Um, I believe we're four games behind right now. So three points definitely goes a long way. Um, Jacob said it, that it would have been nice to have it against a a full Phoenix team but I will take three points any which way it comes.
0: Yeah, I think there was a general consensus among most of the folks in the press box tonight that it was not the ideal situation for everyone involved. You know, not obviously not the ideal situation for Phoenix Rising in terms of not having much of their first team available. Not ideal for New Mexico United, having to switch locations, find an alternate date, uh, no local broadcast. It was, and the broadcast was severely limited and what they had available in terms of camera angles, you know, and then obviously the, the drastic change in uh, attendance going from what was an expected 12,000 plus to approximately 5,500, 6,000. Uh, they think we'll have number, exact numbers on that at some point, but they're not entirely sure since uh, they weren't necessarily counting tickets tonight. But the stands were full, again, you know, not an ideal situation, and it's unfortunate that a lot of people around the league don't seem to acknowledge this. It's not ideal for anyone. Um, you know, again, you know, I kind of feel bad. You know, I, you know that it that everything played out the way it did, but you know, like you said, a win is a win. Um,
2: so the only thing that I feel bad for is the kids that had to play, mm-hmm. um, because that's a terrible, shitty situation for a kid that just came out of the academy two or three days ago to have to step up onto a first team against a fully healthy first team Mm -hmm. um, and try to make an appearance. Uh, So for these kids that had to play and went down 7-0, that's the only thing I feel bad for is their motivation to continue to play.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that, you know, and there's sentiment around the league, you know, even from from, fan, from friends of the show, that it's, it's not going to look good for United no matter what happens. And in a way, that's correct because you go out and you play you – know, Phoenix played a bunch of academy kids, especially in the second half. Scoreline became what it was, and it looks like United is – according to some people, United was trying to take advantage of the situation. Um, you know, discussions we had with the club – United was given had proposed certain dates the league had certain dates available and this is what became of that and rising was involved in the discussions all along and so yeah you feel you feel worse for for those academy kids coming into that situation it, it's tough uh, you hope it doesn't have any 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 ill effects on them and their confidence because you can't blame them for any of this um, but you do. You still have to, you know, praise Zach Prince and the guys. Again, they had to deal with changes as well. Uh, you know, Zach talked about it in the pressure, You know, they came out. They they looked at the tape that they had available, and they prepared as best they could for for this match. And they came out, and they executed. Uh, we didn't necessarily see a lot of goals from open play, but we did see United perform well on set pieces, in particular. Uh, United did also benefit from two penalties and an own goal. Um, so I mean. What are your takeaway? I mean, is there really anything that we can take away from this as positives for United? Um, and what do you guys think they are?
1: Well, I think I mean we text I texted you this it was either this morning or last night that it was a lose lose, but there was clearly a a worse loss there that could have been taken had we come out and and looked flat and let them linger. Uh, I I wouldn't have been happy. That's for sure. So so I I think no matter. What the circumstances are, if you get a win uh, against a club like Phoenix, whether it's a depleted Phoenix or not, uh, it still builds confidence and, and momentum towards your next game. We go on the road in five days to Indy. Um, get to see uh, our buddy Mark Lowry uh, and Solomon Asante and a, and a few other familiar faces. And, and I think we can really build off of some confidence offensively. Um, it, Portillo is taking penalty kicks, which mm-hmm. I thought was was an interesting little wrinkle that I didn't see coming, but I'm happy with it. Uh, I feel like uh, out of the players on the pitch, he might have been our best bet. Um, so I, I think offensively, you can take a lot of positives out of it, no matter who who is playing defense. You still have to execute. You still have to put the ball in the back of the net, and we did that. And then uh, Nava, uh, especially, I mean, he's, I think it's his second or third match started in a row. Mm-hmm. Um and he's just seen more and more playing time, and it's it's so well deserved. I was telling Earl, uh, like halfway through the second or the first half, that you know if he was just a little bit taller and a little bit bigger, you know he would already be um, like uh, shit. What's the Phoenix player's name that went to Europe? The kid. Anyways, oh, he would be. He would be in those situations already. He'd be going overseas, yeah, to play somewhere. If he was, he just had a little bit more build to him, um, and that might happen. He's still a young, kid. He could still grow some, um, but his talent is is obvious. Uh, and so, him playing the way he played, getting that goal, just gives him more and more confidence that he belongs on the pitch with these guys. and And I think he could be a devastating player towards the second half of this season if he continues to perform the way he is.
0: Earl, for you, were there any standout players tonight? <clears throat> well,
2: there was one standout player. Um, I mean, other than the obvious ones like Nava and the the ones that we name every week, um, it was the one that returned. I mean, Dev came in, came back after what well, seemed like forever mm-hmm. and almost put a couple goals in. I mean, he was looking hungry. Looking, looking deadly. Um,
1: he looked fit. Like he looked did. Like, yeah. He didn't. He didn't look like he just had a year-long battle with, not a not quite a year, but a several-month battle with blood cuts. He didn't look like that at all. He, right. he definitely was prepared physically and mentally to come into this game and and to be back on the pitch. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It it was good seeing Dev on the field. I mean, when he did come on, when he was substituted on with for Rebus. Um, the stadium blew up.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
2: just seeing him and Rivas embrace each other, both New Mexicans, both from Albuquerque, um, embrace each other before the, swip, the, swatch, the swap happened. I mean, there's moments that you see on the pitch, like Navas scoring a goal, um, Portillo scoring two penalty kicks, but there's some things you don't see, like that New Mexican connection and them embracing each other. Um. Knowing that Dev's career is coming to an end. He's up there in age. He's been doing this for what seems like forever in the soccer world. Um, and Rivas hasn't. So mm. knowing that that's kind of like a passing over the torch, um, it's, it's a little emotional, and it's it's really sweet just to see Dev back.
0: Yeah, Dev coming back was definitely a big moment. You know, we, we've seen some guys come back uh, for various different reasons uh, over the past you know, eight, ten months. You know, obviously Bees came back last year. Salee came back. Dev now returning from the injury. I'm sure is going to get a huge pop when he comes back. And, you know, the, the atmosphere tonight out at UNM was just absolutely fantastic. You know, i love to see the the excitement from the crowd. And it was pretty full from what I saw. And there were just a lot of little things throughout the night, whether it was Bees absolutely drilling that free kick mm-hmm. uh, early in the match or, you know, even before... A free kick that was earned by Nava. Yeah, free kick earned by Nava right there. Uh, Nava also picked up another... Uh, pick up assist uh, at the end of the match when he and assisted first, Bruce his goal, yeah. on his goal, too. Nava just freaking
1: everywhere tonight.
2: He also torched that one guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, several times. Yeah. So,
1: he was... His his footwork with the ball at his feet is just unmatched by anybody on our team, anyways. And yeah. he's a kid. But he he... He dropped a defender in the first half. Yeah. I, I believe from what Wayne Evans was saying that defender is typically a midfielder, but mm-hmm. he is a first team player. And, and Nava made him look silly.
0: Yeah. Just silly. Yeah. He, <clears> Nava <throat> did that with the, with the back heel too, in the second half. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, he just, he's, he's an electric player and he's so much fun to watch. Uh, and just like, there's so many little things throughout the night. Like, uh, one th- before the match, I don't know if you guys were in the box and, and heard this talked about, but uh, so all, part of the move was they moved all the ad boards from the Isotopes Park mm. over to over to the, over to to the UNM. And Peter showed up to the to the soccer complex and said, hey, these ad boards are going to block people's view. So Peter gets out there and starts moving ad boards. The owner of the club is moving no. ad boards so they don't block spectators' views. So that's one thing. And then at the start of the second, before the start of the second half, the the curse And the supporters moved from the south end of the field to the north Mm -hmm. end, which I thought I didn't catch it until right before the second half started. And I thought it was absolutely fantastic to have United scoring in front of their fans in both halves. And, you know, there was just something about playing at UNM and the atmosphere tonight that I just absolutely loved, especially seeing the atmosphere tonight compared to the Open Cup match against Las Vegas. Yeah.
2: See and this was my first match at UNM soccer complex, so it was incredible. Um one of the reason that well one of the things I found cool about the curse moving to the other side after the second half or during the second half half halftime period, um was the Phoenix keeper was getting pissed at the curse. Mm -hmm. He was cursing them out in Spanish, cursing out the fans in Spanish. The curse was getting under his skin, and for the the fact that he had to deal with them for another forty five minutes, just made it so much sweeter. Um, he did tell Jacob not to give him his camera.
1: No, he he told me not to hurt the camera.
2: He said no, not the camera.
1: Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was gonna use the camera to stop a ball that was rolling away. Anyways, that's neither here. Anyways,
2: Anyways, <laughs> Jacob tried to give the camera away. Um, objection here, say.
1: <laughs> Sing
0: it.
2: That's it. That's all
0: I got. But yeah, you know, it was just like like you said, you know, uh, the club has expressed it, we've expressed it. Not an ideal situation. Would we have rather beaten a full strength Phoenix Rising? Absolutely. It, I think it would have meant more from a from an actual footballing perspective. Yeah. But I think for the club to come out, get a win, a needed win, uh, no matter who the opponent is or what the situation is. Is a is a good sign for United. Um, you know, there was some sentiment in the press box that maybe if the, if Rising could keep it close, you know, it wouldn't be seen a, a, as as a farce. I mean, which is a became you know kind of commonplace phrase on on social media, and even the commentators were, were catching flack on you know Devin Devin Kerr and Mike Watts. And, mm-hmm. I mean, was it a farce? Do you think? That it, that it went that far do you think that Watts and Kerr deserve some of the heat that they were getting for having to try to stay as positive as possible on the broadcast
1: well for them no I mean that they're just doing their job I don't know I don't know what you want from them as far as like I I hate that the game was played on Tuesday like not that it was played on a Tuesday but the fact that it was played four days after it was supposed to when Phoenix didn't have a healthy roster and shit hit the fan. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't privy to any of the conversations that was going on. Neither were any of the fucking Phoenix fans that were on Twitter bitching about it. Right. So, as you guys know, playing at Isotopes Park, or UNM Soccer Complex, one or the other, you're scheduling around all these other different things that are out of our control. Whether it's the istopes Stadium, or Isotopes Schedule, or... UNM football schedule or anything going on at the pit or track and field or whatever the case may be. We're trying to schedule around all these things, and yes, it sucks that we don't have our own stadium, but it's not like we're not fucking working on it. I haven't heard anything coming out of El Paso about El Paso getting their own stadium. Yeah, I haven't heard jack shit about that. But because we have fans, unlike other teams that are active on social media and you actually see stuff going on with us when it doesn't work and it falls through like the vote for the stadium bond it gets blown up like oh we can't, like they were preaching about us lying to the community Mm -hmm. as far as we couldn't, I believe their exact words you couldn't even convince your community to vote for the bond or vote for a stadium even while lying to them couldn't scam your city for money, yeah stuff like that which doesn't make any fucking sense and you don't know shit about what the bond was you don't know anything about what actually happened i i get that public fund publicly funded stadiums are not popular mm-hmm. right now but we tried it it didn't work we're going to get a stadium it's going to happen we've we came into league in 2019 and since then we had a 2020 season all on the road that was basically postponed for 4 months because of covid mm-hmm. and the world shut down for 4 months at least and then another season where we were restricted in capacity and the world is still, like, figuring this whole pre- or post-COVID thing out. Like, you want us to shit out a stadium? Like, do you want us to play at a high school stadium? I don't right. know what the fuck you guys want. So, it doesn't make sense to me, all the bitching and stuff that's going on. It sucks. I don't like that it happened. I didn't necessarily like that I was played at UNM. Although the atmosphere at UNM is a lot different than at Isotopes Park. Mm-hmm. And I did kind of like that. It kind of gives us a glimpse of what it's gonna be like when we actually have our own soccer specific stadium. But it happened. It sucks. I hope you guys get your money back. But shut the fuck up already. That's that's I got worked up there, sorry guys.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, and it, it's understandable. Like I like your point of view is completely understandable. Like, and I understand like again, it's not an ideal situation for anybody. And you know, I spoke to David Carl yesterday. Put out the the audio from that. You know, Phoenix is doing the best that they can. The league is doing the best that they can. United did the best that they could. And unfortunately, you know, with all the scheduling conflict, that there's there's only so many options available. Um, you know, there are there, there are scheduling conflicts. The isotopes vetoed some some, some dates because of the conversion time. Mm. Uh, you know, moving the match to Phoenix obviously was not going to happen because it, you know, the league is not going to give Phoenix, you know, two home matches in the in a right. series. And so, again, it's just an all around hard situation. Like, I hate it for Phoenix that it happened. And even tonight in the box, you know, their, their local media guy said that had the match been played tomorrow, all those players potentially would have been cleared, but another one of them tested positive, positive. today. And then they ran into an issue of they would have had to they they couldn't get all of their flights uh, to Hartford rescheduled because yeah. they're going to Hartford this weekend. So playing on Wednesday would have caused them even more issues. So again, I, you know, it, again, it's you can't put all of the blame on you can't put you can't blame United for this. You can't say that they colluded with the league on this. Like I just that is where I have an issue. You know. Um. As far as the refund situation, I don't know what happened with that to begin with, but I do know that talking to David Carl, the club was offering refunds to to folks who couldn't make it or mm. offering them an opportunity to go to a different match this season. And so that's the word that we got directly from the club. and, and so like they were and our, you know United has always been the club that if something is wrong they stand up and they go and they, they fix it yeah. And so I think they handled everything as best that they could. And, you know, Zach put out a team tonight, the club put on a match with the help of, with the help of UNM, uh, you know, and it worked out in United's favor in form of a win, you know, and we've all said we would have rather seen it scheduled later, hmm. seen it, you know, full strength teams and seeing what happens. Because honestly, in the previous two matches, we, for the most part, outplayed Phoenix in both of those. Yep. Um, and and yeah, it's just tough. It is, but, you know, United pick up a 7-0 win. Uh, They head on the road this weekend, Indy 11. Uh, Normally we'd sit down, we'd do a full episode, talk about everything, Uh, but with the shortened week. uh, Earl, looking ahead at Indy, you know, Jacob mentioned earlier, Mark Lowry, Solomon Asante, both over there. What are your thoughts looking at Indy this weekend?
2: Well, I mean, obviously winning 7-0 is a good confidence booster. Um, So I expect us to go in obviously healthy we have Devin back we have we possibly will have Nico back
0: Nico Um, should be back yeah
2: we should have uh Saint T back at that time too um so we should be back to full strength once again um I I expect us to go in and 3-0 yeah
1: right, Jacob what are your thoughts on Andy Uh, I Andy's kinda hasn't been on my radar much just because been so busy but um I know what Mark Lowry is capable of. Uh, he was a heck of a coach there at El Paso.
2: Objection, hearsay.
1: <laughs> you have to sing it. And uh and so I I think it's going to be a tough match. Objection, hearsay. I think I'm ignoring you to you sing. It. Um and so I I think we're fully capable of getting the win and I kind of expect us to get the win. I don't know if I'll go as far as saying three nil, but I will say two one. Three
0: nil, two one. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up the the, the standings because I don't know oh, what you're gonna right.
1: fucking do research. No, we can do research. No, really? no, 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 no.
0: I'm not doing any research. Go. I just want to see what their record is. That's all I want to see. Like I'm Objection not leading. <laughs> like I don't. I, like I'm not. Like I don't care. They're like, five two and three. Five two and three. on seventeen All right. So Lowry seems to have them playing pretty well. Um without looking at anything, without seeing them on the pitch. And Asante just I believe he just made his first start or his first appearance yeah. for them. So Indy has some things going for them. I, I you know I'd like to see how we compare against some of these Eastern Conference clubs. So I think it's gonna be a good matchup. Um again, two wins in a row here. I think we've got some confidence going. You see guys like Nava playing really well. Bees played better tonight. Uh, put in a fantastic shot, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, just a lot of good performances all around. You know, Kalen played really well. You know, seeing Dev come back. Like, it's just a lot of things that can be built off of these past two weeks. And so, um, yeah, Indy on the road, I'm going to say 2-1 United.
1: So you're going to copy me. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to copy you. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it for us. We are, again, we're sitting out here in the car after the match. Uh, New Mexico United beats Phoenix Rising FC by a final score of 7-0. And they head into Indy on the weekend. Uh, appreciate you guys sticking with us and listening to this tonight. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Somos Unidos. New you Mexico United 7-0 winners
3: tonight over Phoenix Rising in a rescheduled match. Today we have Justin Portillo, two goals and assist. head coach, technical director Zach Prince, and we have Christian Nava who scores his first career goal and gets an assist. Coach, walk us through this seven nothing. Uh, must feel good. Just, what did you see from your team out there tonight? Yeah, I thought the first thing that was important to us is to start the game fast, and we started the game fast. And you know, not only just scoring goals, but being front footed, making sure we're putting them under a lot of pressure, and uh, making them feel you know um, our pressure early on. And we did that. We were able to capitalize with some goals on top of it too, which you know then made us. Able to build on that next 15 to 20 know. minutes. Christian, how did it feel? I think I thought this stadium was going to explode tonight when you found that the goal. i uh, walking through your emotions right now. I mean, I'm happy, especially at home. It's to here. It's a I it's I know a lot of teams don't have it. It's amazing. I'm very excited. <laughs>
0: Zach, a lot was made of, made of this game ahead of the, ahead of time because of the reschedule and everything. What was your uh, how, what was your plan to keep you guys focused and ready for tonight?
3: Yeah, you know, there's can be distractions with that, with, you know, finding out really late that the game wasn't going to be played on Saturday, and then, you know, then finding out it was going to be played on Tuesday. It's all about, you know, really focusing on what our job is for training to get the players ready, and what video we're showing in that amount of time, So we'd already prepped for that game on Saturday. So, we had to be really narrow our focus in those moments, and say, all right, how do we make sure we're taking advantage of this time to have a little bit of extra preparation for this game? And so that that's where it really comes down to for me is just making sure you're there and you're focused and don't focus on anything else.
4: Does it take the shine off a bit that you played against a team that only had nine professional players at the disposal?
3: Um, what, what I think about that and what I think about you know Phoenix's short travel is it reminds me a lot of 2020 for us. 2020 for us was... An incredible year for adversity. We played, we played every game on the road and, and, uh, and so looking at it that reminds me of a situation that we just had so much adversity and so um, yeah I know it was tough for Phoenix but uh, I'm, I'm you know really happy that we came out with the right um, mentality and, and got three points. Justin McHugh,
4: No, it feels amazing. Um, just kind of to go off what Zach was saying, it was just you know the game about canceled Saturday, and, and it was very important for us to to kind of come out and have that same type of energy that we're going to have on Saturday and bring it out here. Um, and then yeah, it was just always awesome doing it in front of the fans, like you said. Um, you know, before I came here, it was, it was I heard about it a lot, and, and I was very excited. And and you know, to not only myself, but for someone like Christian and, and Dev to get in as well it was awesome to see him. and, and you can kind of see how uh, the, the fans rally around not um, only those guys but the team as a whole he was great I thought he had a really really
3: solid like 15 minutes and you could see you know a little bit of fatigue and, and you know he's going to get that quickly man and it's, it's game speed that comes back to him you can see some of the ideas and the hold up play that he had it was excellent tonight so I'm really happy for him to get some minutes and get back on the field and just play, play soccer, again. I think that's the, the biggest thing. Is that, that, that guy's a competitor, and uh, I'm really, really just happy, happy for to him to be back on a soccer field. So we've been prepping for our U23s for a long time. It, it, it's been since 2018 when I got here, and uh, and that's, that's a, a monumental a, piece of our our club. And so Thursday kicking that off, I'm so excited for Luke Sanford and. You know, the U23 staff to really, you know, make sure that they start off on, on the right foot and a good performance with them, and really start getting that group together and telling. They've only been together for about 10 days or so, so they're really trying to crank out a lot of stuff before they get they get started. Really excited for our academy players to get some opportunity in those games as well. So it's a big, big statement for our club uh, to, to have another platform for our U23 players. Not only that, then we travel to Indy, and Indy's a, a very good team. You know, know their coaching staff very well. Moving from El Paso to Indy, and so uh, it's a it's a good challenge for us, and we're ready for it. Um, I'm
4: excited for the challenge. Justin, set pieces were a
0: big part of the success tonight. Uh, what's been working well for you guys in practice, and and what what worked tonight for you guys against me? Yeah, well,
4: no, the, the the staff they draw up um, some great plays, and 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 they kind of make it easy for me to try to just put the ball in in a certain area, and I try to do that as best I can, and then we got guys that go get it. So. Um, I just got to try to put it up there for them, and hopefully they, like tonight, um, you know, score some goals. You picked out Harry
0: on the far side or on the near side here early in the first half. Uh, what were you seeing on that run from him?
4: I mean, I just saw a ton of open space, and then I saw Harry making the run. Um, and it was something we worked on as well. So to try to get it there, and, and he got up pretty high, and, and luckily headed in.
3: Now one more from for not seeing another one. No, everybody. Thank you, guys. <laughs>